Good afternoon and welcome to the Three Deeper Cuts podcast, your lifestyle magazine for the practicing surgical pathologist. I'm your host, Chuck G. Every week we bring you something to think about, something to read, or something to listen to. Three Deeper Cuts is brought to you by formalin fixed paraffin embedded tissue. Emphasis on the formalin. Without the high exposure of 10% buffered neutral formalin I was exposed to for my four years of residency in St. Louis, I wouldn't be able to think of all the crazy stuff that I write here at Three Deeper Cuts Publishing. If you're not a pathologist and you're listening to this right now, thank you and welcome. Today's piece, 14 Area Shenanigans, a short story. 14 Area is a section of the Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton, right up against the back gate. You can moon the front guard and make it to Oceanside before the MPs catch you. It's a mountain utopia, 14 Area. When Henry Guy put on his lieutenant bars two years earlier, he never thought this would be his first operational duty station. It was too pretty for lieutenants. The subtropical breeze, the wide boulevards lined with towering date palms, the California sun crested up over Engineering Hill, a one-mile ascent overlooking the half-burned forest of 14 area. Dr. Henry Guy pulled into the 14 area aid station at exactly 0749 hours. There was 11 solid minutes to make it from his sparkling 2007 Ford Focus into his office, tucked away between two bathrooms and the 14 area barracks. Henry turns off the engine and slowly, almost leisurely, emerges from the vehicle. 11 solid minutes. No worries here. Just another Tuesday, another fine Navy day. With one foot out the car door, Henry begins his normal walk to work. Colors begins playing over the loudspeaker. Henry, damn. He looks nervously left and right. It's 40 yards to the clinic door. Thought bubble. They must be off time. I got 10 minutes at least. In one arm, Henry is carrying his rucksack. In the other, two pairs of freshly dried khaki uniforms. There is nobody around. Henry walks faster. After ten nervous, illegal paces forward, a loud, angry voice screams at Henry from across the sidewalk from the chow hall. Marine, you don't think I see you cutting colors, motherfucker? Henry's senior enlisted up. Chief casually walks out of the clinic door and sees him frozen at attention. Chief, sir, colors, he points up to the flagpole. Ashamed, Henry drops his bags and stands at attention. Marine 1. You little punk officer, don't you ever cut colors. Henry sweats through his shirt. Time stands still. The bugle horn plays at seemingly half speed through the gray speakerphone at the entrance of the nearby chow hall. Henry holds his gaze. He knows he messed up. The dashboard clock. In the years since he bought the car, it never failed him like this. Henry is dripping sweat from his brow, pleading for this round of colors to be over. Thought bubble. Eleven minutes. Damn, what happened? 
Marine. You know, I'm watching you Navy guys. Henry pretends he can't hear the angry Marine and continues. He walks up to the clinic door and the chief holds the door for him. The corpsmen are bustling around the entryway, taking vital signs and checking in patients. Chief is laughing. Close call, sir. I'm an idiot. Better get my clocks reset. You have a decent weekend, sir? Yeah, it was good. Rode up to Carlsbad through Elfin Forest. Nice. Hey, sir, we got some space in the quadcon for you. Oh, snap. Are we going back to the field already? ITX, my friend. HM2 Barnes walks in. You better believe it, sir. Integrated training exercise. Chief, I usually keep a big chest full of decent food, protein bars, and supplements. Henry, we are going to have a lot of downtime, right? HM2 Barnes. These are logistics marines, sir. When we go to the field, the battalion does three things. Set up the COC, set up the chow hall, and set up the movie screen. Chief butts in. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, HM2. New COs on board since January. Heard this one's hardcore. Henry walks with the two of them to the back door sidewalk of the clinic and sizes up the quadcon trailers the large green containers meant for heavy-duty transport. Hmm, plenty of space here indeed. What you thinking, sir? There should be enough space for a road bike, a trainer, and a headwind fan. HM2 smiles and heads back inside. You crack me up, sir. Half of these guys are trying to sneak in a combo of SpaghettiOs and USB drives full of porn. You're over here trying to keep your cardio training on point. Henry. Chief, you never know when they're going to spring the next battalion hike on us. We must be prepared. Chief and Lieutenant Guy head back into the battalion aid station. As they walk past the front desk, the phone starts ringing violently. The receiver is jiggling off the base, almost as if someone is in such a rage and dialing the clinic and expecting an immediate response. HM2 answers. 14 area RAS, how may I help you? Who is this? HM2 Barnes. This is HM2 Barnes, sir. Get me Lieutenant Guy. Tell him it's the XO. HM2 hands the phone over to Henry. Hello? Sir, good morning. What the fuck, Guy? What's this I hear about you loading up your road bike into the quadcon? Henry stammers. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, I got it. Aww. Did you get your little trainer all set up? Possibly. And you got your little derailleur dialed in just right? Henry cracks a smile. Why, yes, sir, since you asked. Guy, if I so much as catch a glimpse of your stupid bike out of my aging peripheral vision, your ass is spending the remainder of your contract in 29 palms. Clear? Got it, sir. The phone line goes dead. Henry looks at Chief. How many patients we got today? Chief is sitting in the couch on the back of the office. An obscene grin paints his face as he restrains his laughter. Don't worry, sir. It's going to be a good day. And that's it. A little first section of the short story. 
14 area shenanigans. And uh, let's see how much time do we have left. We're at eight minutes. All right, what the heck. We're going to play around with uh, a little interview piece that I'm working on. Uh... Okay, here we go. This is a separate thing that I'm putting together. It's called Rita's Corner. Rita's, Rita's Corner. Interviews with the call girl from Harry Hines Boulevard. July 25th, 2023, 9 p.m., Dallas, Texas. On a hot day in August, the PR representative from Cab Lab sits down for an interview with Rita Jones, the well-mannered and articulate call girl from Harry Hines Boulevard. The interviews are part of a series. They take place in the months leading up to the tumultuous decline of the fabled private laboratory over on the other side of town. The interviewer is Rhett Riley. Rhett has six years of experience in public relations and will eventually go on to found his own agency. Rita. What part of town? Rhett. The other side of town. Ha! You are full of flavor, little lady. Rita. It's part nature, but mostly nurture. Rhett blushes, dabs sweat from his forehead with his handkerchief. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Rita's Corner, the radio show where Rita answers your questions about human disease. Rita. I'm ready, Rhett. Excellent. Rita, we had a patient come into the lab for follow-up testing recently. Last year, he presented to the ED with a mass in his small intestine. He had surgery to remove the mass. The final pathology report came back as grade 3 neuroendocrine tumor, or NET. Well, that's a great question, Rhett. When I get these questions about surgical diseases, I like to cut right to the chase. What is the clinical impact? And for neuroendocrine carcinoma, or NEC, those patients respond to platinum-containing chemotherapy, while patients with G3 NETs fail to respond to it. All right. Then what's the difference between a G2 or G3 NET versus a neuroendocrine carcinoma? Rita. This is fundamentally a morphology question. But now we have genetic knowledge which was not available to the which was not available to the older generations of surgical pathologists. Neuroendocrine tumors have a nested and organoid growth pattern and uniform nuclear features. They don't have necrosis. And if they do, it's minimal. Neuroendocrine carcinoma, on the other hand, grows in sheets and generally do not show a nested architecture. As you already know, neuroendocrine tumors are graded by mitotic count of at least 500 cells in the regions of greatest proliferation seen on the immunostain for KI-67. At my sister's lab in St. Louis, they use the residents to hand count the cells manually by printing out a photomicrograph. Manually? What savages? Baby, you don't even know the half of it. Please continue. Where was I, honey? Neuroendocrine carcinoma. Yes. Now, in contrast to neuroendocrine tumors, carcinomas seldom develop in conjunction with a lower-grade tumor. When it's carcinoma, it's just sheets of cells with dark nuclei very little, if any, cytoplasm, and lots of necrosis and crush artifact. Most of the time, neuroendocrine carcinomas develop from precursor lesions of their respective organs. So, for adenocarcinoma of the colon, it would be an adenoma which goes 
genetically haywire. That said, you can get mixed neoplasms which, with both components. Would you like some fresh coffee? My eyes are up here, Red. Of course. You mentioned genetics. What are the genetic differences between neuroendocrine tumors and neuroendocrine carcinomas? Here's that coffee, by the way. Thanks, sweetheart. I'll cut to the chase before this coffee gets cold. Pancreatic and lung neuroendocrine neoplasms have been studied the most. Bottom line, neuroendocrine tumors and carcinomas are genetically unrelated neoplasms. Carcinomas show mutations in P53 and RB1. In pancreatic nets, the defining mutations are in the MEN1 gene, also the, D, the DAX gene and in ATRX. Outside the pancreas, nets do not have a recurrent mutation. Fortunately, the main diagnostic challenge is between carcinomas and other entities. The immunostain for P53 and RB1 can be very helpful. Y'all have those at Cab Lab, right? Yes, we do, Rita. All right, so that's something to be continued. A little Q&A session. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work or not. I'm just playing around with it. I thought it was funny. Um, kind of an inside joke of the, uh, the well-mannered Harry Hines Boulevard uh, call girl. It's an inside joke between uh, this lunch group that I go to. Um, uh, anyways. That's all for today's episode of 3D Percuts, the lifestyle magazine for the practicing surgical pathologist. Bringing you high signal content fueled by 10% neutral buffered formalin. Hope you enjoyed listening. If you like this content, subscribe to the newsletter, 3dpercuts.substack.com. At the moment, 3D Percuts is hosted on Substack, but we will eventually be distributed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hope you have an excellent rest of your day, professors. And until next time, be well. This is Chuck G. signing off.